welcome to the war report i know we're going into the year on a somber note but we're here and i'm your host cyrus who is covid negative so that is some good news that we could talk about on the show but let's get to in the trenches where we have to get to the somber news but first i know i took a week off last week and we didn't get to talk about some of the topics but all i remember from last week is uh nba twitter finding out that jericho is fat and shouldn't be wrestling anymore and this brought up a lot of dis uh discourse as you know such a tiring word to use but i think that's the only way that uh it could be described where people were talking about oh maybe we shouldn't like fat shame chris jericho or you know uh talking about how aew doesn't really have any mainstream appeal or it doesn't look any more different from the wwe based off all the tweets that just said aew looks like a fake wwe so i think that brings a true identity issue to aew where on a normal show and we'll talk about the show this week uh but on a normal show it doesn't look any different from what you know people probably remember from the wwe or you know see in passing about the wwe and maybe aew should really change that because when they came out originally they wanted to be this alternative this and that and they finally get into the mainstream and everybody says you're just a w uh you know fake wwe so uh maybe going into 2021 aew can really step it up and try to be different uh another news topic kenny omega said some weak shit about uh koto bushi i think something about koto bushi just like slumming it up in new japan like how I, I, I believe the story was Kenny Omega felt like he would have just been stuck in like the mid card or not like not doing anything significant if he stayed in New Japan and he said like Kota Ibushi and I want everybody to just take a step back let's just all take a step back and then look at both of their career trajectories right now or like where they have been positioned currently so Kota Ibushi he is you know kind of on the top of the card he was a tag team champion at some point and he formed a tag team with tanahashi two singles wrestlers formed a tag team they lose the tag team titles he wins a big tournament and now he's going to challenge for the title that he might win let's take let's just take a step back let's look at kenny omega was on the mid card not doing anything for a very long time he became a tag he became in the tag team tag team champions with another singles wrestler hangman page wins a big tournament gets a title shot but he wins it i don't know about y'all but they seem to be in the same career trajectory i guess kenny omega just wanted to be a heel and you know say some uh shit that he knew that would bother people but just like on aew kenny omega is the second biggest topic that we'll be discussing on in the trenches and in the show in general because we have to talk about 
the biggest thing that happened in pro wrestling. Rest in peace to Brody Lee. Just a very unfortunate and random loss. I know on this show, many a times before, I was just like, man, where is Brody Lee? This show needs Brody Lee. Brody Lee losing the title to Cody. You know, just ping-ponging the title was really weird. Uh, Tony Khan, I think a month ago, said that he knows where Brody Lee is or, like, his situation, but he's not going to say anything. And I think that's great because AEW is usually oddly transparent, but... I'm glad he kept that close to his chest and, you know, we all received uh, unfortunate news uh, earlier this week. Now, this is where we get to the bad stuff, where it's just weird how everybody has reacted to this outside of, you know, people just paying their respects, people missing him, honoring him, paying tribute to him, which will be the big issue, or it's like, the big thing about it everybody just wanted to pay their respects but literally i go to sleep i i saw a tweet that said no more wwe versus aew stuff let's just come together blah 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 i go to sleep i wake up i see a long thread that is linked in the wrestle chat that's just talking about like nah screw all that no more aew wwe stuff because wwe should you know should be held accountable for their actions regardless of somebody dying i agree you know i i do think that you know just holding the company accountable is something that we should do all the time but you know nobody does it nobody truly does it in a uh, for aew but also it's just like why is that the topic of discussion when we are paying our respects to an individual as as talked about and as amazing as Brody Lee is? I, I, I just thought that was weird that that's kind of like the next course of action that people wanted to take. I said it on the uh, I said it on the Wrestle Rap podcast that the wrestling community is very toxic and you know, it was in relation to uh, CM Punk's influence on the company, uh, on the wrestling community, but on the online wrestling community. But like this is like insane, where not even like twelve hours, people can just be on like the same page and just be like, you know, Brody Lee was like a great individual. Like here's my favorite Brody Lee match. This, this, and that. Like it somebody said let's not turn this into an AEW WWE thing and then literally a day later it became that and then it became a thing all throughout this week the wrestling community thrives on this like toxic energy (laughs) where nobody can like come together and say and or just talk about something they like for more than an hour before it takes a turn into negativity and I will say on the show, I've been critical. I've said a lot of things on here critiquing shows, but like I can honestly say like stuff that I like about AEW, stuff I don't like about NXT. Like I'm not picking a side, truly like not ever, but it, it, it it's so weird that it went that route, you know, it, 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 it's it's so weird to me and obviously the tweets that came from uh brian myers and darby allen fuck them too for even tweeting that and even 
you know, engaging in that conversation because them saying what they said, well, Brian Myers kind of created the conversation, but Darby Allen putting more fuel into that fire, just some asshole shit, really. Like the tribute versus tribute that the WWE versus the AEW thing, like it's absolutely insane. Like, why is that like the first thing that comes to your mind? Like, if you expected WWE to do a tribute show to Brody Lee, you're insane. That's just, I like, that's not a thought that happens in my head. Like, when he passed, that wasn't, like, the first thing that came to mind. Like, WWE got to, like, go all out for him. He passes. Literally everybody is, like, you know, a unity that I've truly never seen before, and it was like shattered moments later by, you know, regular ass trolls and shit. People that are in Stephanie McMahon's and uh, Vince's mentioned saying, you know, you didn't book him properly, so you don't get to pay your respects. Like, what kind of bullshit is this? Like, what are like. <laughs> and when SmackDown comes on in a couple hours, uh, well, in a couple minutes, um, it might have a tribute show. It might have the ten, uh, the ten bell salute and all that. And if the first thing, if you see that tweet, if you see somebody tweet, WWE is only doing it because AEW did the tribute on Wednesday, like the full tribute on Wednesday. Like you know, just block them, just get rid of them, or roast them, whatever. Get them the fuck out of here. Like this type of energy cannot be a constant or a regular thing when we go into 2021. Like, not even because Brody Lee passed. Just in general. Like, I think we would just... <laughs> it would not be such a pain to get on Twitter or engage with people if we just, you know, just talked about... Or just been fucking normal, honestly. Like, everybody's just so fucking weird. But uh, with that said, we're going to get into the tribute show. Uh, We're going to get into the AEW it's Wednesday, and you know what that means as we welcome you to a celebration of life of Mr. Brody Lee. And to get it started, we'll send it down to Justin Roberts. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise as we pull the bell ten times to honor the memory of Brody Lee. Last episode I did, which was a week ago because I didn't do the Christmas show, I thought that the AEW show uh, this week was really good. Like, I, I said on Twitter that it would be truly weird for me to, like, like discuss this show or really talk about it, like, no, uh, 
you know, doing my normal critiques and, you know, visions and stuff, which I'm going to do. But I thought the show was really enjoyable, so <laughs> I don't have to be too critical like I uh, like I normally am. I really did like this show a lot. It gave me the Survivor Series type feel where it's kind of like Dark Order versus AEW and all sorts of like kind of just like fantasy booking or like my universe type thing. And we just saw a lot of great fun matches. And I hope in the future that AEW does revisit this like sort of thing where it's AEW versus Dark Order. Like, I, I think that would be really cool. Um, I, uh, on Twitter, I said, sorry if this sounds distasteful, but everybody on the show is working really, really hard, which is like true. Like everybody worked amazingly. And I wish... AEW was like this weekly and I thought it might be distasteful because I thought people might take it as me saying like oh man like you know whatever just me being weird and overthinking I thought somebody would be like oh you know like somebody died like we like somebody shouldn't have to die for it to like for the shows to be this way I didn't want that to be the tone that's why I did a disclaimer first but I thought this was a really good show, like pay-per-view quality, like a lot of the matches were really good. Uh, you get to see a lot of new people, a lot of like people that normally don't get on the show or like if they're on the show, it's kind of like whatever that they do. But like, I think a lot of people in the Dark Order had like stellar performances tonight. They really came through. Uh, you can see it. John Silver went fucking crazy. I'm a fan. Uh, if he if he like keeps this up, I thought he was doing amazing. Uh, Anna Jay always been a big fan. I thought she was doing great on the show as well. Takanti did really good in the match as well, but it was really more or less for Anna, uh, Anna Jay to show her respects and shine. And I did like that Penelope Ford got the pin and not Britt Baker. They didn't sacrifice any like booking for or like any storyline booking for the tribute show, which is like great. Like you know they booked the show amazingly. Um. Who else? Uh, Ten. Ten who was in the uh, the actual tribute to Brody Lee match, which I'll, I'll talk about in, in a second. But the Britt Baker, the Britt Baker, Takanti, Anna J. No, the Anna J. Wait, no. <laughs> the Anna J. Takanti versus Britt Baker and uh, Penelope Ford was a really good match. And I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad Britt Baker didn't take the pin and they're still continuing the Thunder Rosa story. So hopefully when Revolution comes around, we'll uh, we'll get that match. And hopefully it's amazing. And then hopefully she can take the title off Hikaru Shida. Uh, what's next? The, tribu the tribute match, which is Team FTW, Will Hobbs, Craig, Starks versus Cody, Cassidy, and Ten. Uh, I believe the match is Brody Lee Jr.'s like favorite wrestlers, which is like... Uh, like Orange Cassidy's in the match because uh, negative one, which I think is hilarious, uh, wanted to deem so. I like this match a lot, but it's it's kind of bittersweet because I still think that Team FTW should be, you know, they deserve better. <laughs> and they have a new guy named Hook. Uh, I don't, sorry, I haven't watched... You know, I didn't do the show last week, so I didn't really pay attention to much what's happening on there. And if he showed up on AEW Dark, I'm truly unfamiliar with who he is. 
really, he just looks like an ordinary white kid to me. Like, he came out in joggers, polo shorts, maybe Roshi runs or uh, goddamn Ultra Boost. Dude looks like an average white dude to me. So I feel bad for him because he looks like an average white dude. And he's on uh, Team FTW, which kind of just does nothing on AEW. But I thought the match was really, uh, really good. Uh, 10... He didn't shine as much as John Silver did in his uh, in his match against the uh, with Bucks and Cole Cabana. Like I, I thought, no, was it? Yes, yeah. oh, man. Why am I blanking? I have the notes, but uh, I thought I, I thought the match was good. But ten, he he, they they gave him time to shine, and I thought it was really cool. Um, uh, yes, it was John Silver, John Silver, and Hangman Page, and. Andrew Reynolds, I believe, versus uh, Pride and Powerful and MJF. I, I've i given up on Private Party. So I mean, uh, Pride and Powerful. Sorry, just a lot of Ps. Uh, I gave up on them. Like, them losing all the time, it's whatever. But John Silver and Heyman Page, they banged. They banged. They went crazy. Um, when MJF ripped the mask off uh, Negative One, uh, Bro- uh, Brody Jr., uh, absolutely insane but i'm glad the kid got his comeuppance by uh whacking him with a kendo stick <laughs> he looked very excited doing that so that was a, a really cool moment the kingston family versus archer and the dark order was really good as well shout outs to archer coming out in the luke harper uh inspired gear i thought that was really good i like butcher and the blade a lot <laughs> I, I i think they're i think they're really good just whatever they do with the king uh right now i know it's not like too crazy booking heavy but uh they need to do something with the kingston family like really raise them up to the top uh Stu grayson and evil uno they also need to like start making some strides in the uh the tag division but i thought this match was really good i do like butcher and the blade uh did it took it took I wouldn't say it took a year. Maybe, oh, oh man, when they came out with MJF like way, way back. Uh, I don't, yeah, just about a year. But uh, they're on my good side. I'll say that. I, I really enjoyed them. The Bucks, Coca-Vanna versus Private Party and Hardy. You know how I feel about Coca-Vanna and Matt Hardy. Not big fans of either of those guys. Uh, the Bucks get the win which is cool. I, I'm not a big fan of Matt Hardy and private party as of right now, but whatever they're doing with, you know, Matt Hardy, just kind of like being a bad teacher essentially. And, you know, uh, steering them in the wrong path and whatever the story is, this does not need to pass January. I'm sorry. Like, this needs to end soon. Matt Hardy does not need to be on the show uh, on the show anymore. Private Party has taken so many losses, and now pairing them with Matt Hardy is only like putting excuses on the losses that they already been accumulating. Now, like they've been losing a lot, but now it's like losing, but like with an asterisk, and it's just like Matt Hardy being an asshole. Like whatever. Let's let's move past that and start. Uh, start having do, them do something real like the pri- private party desperately needs some like real rehabbing right now uh with with that said quick hits 
Kenny Omega isn't on the show, but they had time to put the acclaim on the show. Big uh, eyebrow raising emojis, man. I'm not sure, like, what they're doing with Kenny Omega right now is not good. Like, he is primarily on impact, or a lot of his shit is impact focus. That's not good. Like, the only match he had on AEW since being champion, I believe, was that, like, really, like, weird, nonsensical match that he had with Joy Janela. That's not good. And with that being said, my hot take as of right now as Kenny Omega being champion is that Kenny Omega brought that championship down. The AEW world title is now a mid-card belt. The TNT title is way more important than that title. And it showed tonight uh, for a reason. But like all eyes are are like really around that title. We have Sting hanging around Darby Allen, Cody hanging around Darby Allen, who has that title. Like Kenny Omega is such a non-factor on these shows since being AEW champion. The card, I mean, uh, the title has truly lost its prestige. Like, Jericho, although we may not like him currently, he brought legitimate uh, legitimacy to that title. We all know that. Cody, we know why he... Uh, no, uh, John Moxley brought credibility to that title, even though, like, we may not like all his matches, but, like, shit, the title was fucking important when he had it. Kenny Omega gets the title, and he's, like, fucking around on Impact all the goddamn... Uh, every week. He's on Impact more... Uh, he's on Impact doing more stuff on there than he is on it doing on AEW. This is truly, like, this is truly puzzling. And then he has audacity to go talk shit about, uh, you know, say what he had to say about Kodo Bushi. Like, it is absolutely baffling to me. Um, Kenny Omega, I mean, uh, <laughs> two guys that are washed. Uh, Chris Jericho, they need to stop putting him on commentary. I say this all the time. He really, he really tried his hardest to ruin this episode. He really did. It did not work, but he tried his damn hardest. When Anna Jay did her tribute to uh, Brody Lee, and then Chris Jericho just starts screaming on the microphone as he does it, stop that. Like, that doesn't help. That doesn't work. He's not getting any talent over. It's not helping. If they would have had Cody on commentary, because when he was when Cody was on commentary, he was crushing it. Have, have him be, like, the fourth man honestly they don't even need a fourth man like why do they keep adding jericho there uh just stop we don't need chris jericho on commentary going on into 2021 and last quick hit stop trying to do the parallels between darby allen and sting they are not the same person they are not alike they really tried this week it did not work stop it now, like, fourth fourth week into AEW on Sting's multi-million dollar, uh, multi-year contract, all he's done is just show up, it's Sting, it's Sting, and then that's it. How How is that, like, I don't know about y'all, but how is that not weird thin yet? If you... If you read the reports that Sting came into AEW, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh... In, in, in the top in the top of December in the top of December and 
you read the reports of Sting coming to a uh, to AEW, and you tune in, and then just for the for a month straight, all you get is it's Sting, it's Sting, and then he like does nothing. Like, come on, son! Like, what what is that? Like, they're not. It doesn't seem like they're setting up a match at Revolution. All he does is just hang around Darby Allen. I'm shit. I'm not sure what Ar- Dar- uh, Darby Allen's doing at Revolution. It doesn't look like he has a true challenger to me. If it's not Cody, who's racking up all these wins, it, 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 it's so weird to me what they're doing with Darby Allen. And I think Sting is only really holding him back because you know they have to keep doing the parallels instead of just having Darby wrestle. Shit, Darby might be fucking injured if he's not fucking wrestling. I'd rather have them have uh, have it on Cody because he would actually defend the title. But hopefully everything figures itself out in 2021. And with that said, we're going to get into the NXT awards, NXT, and then predictions for New Year's Evil. So with the NXT awards on uh, on the week of Christmas, they, they gave the nominees. I gave my thoughts on all the nominees. I thought it was really weird that <laughs> there's a lot of people that shouldn't be like even in the category honestly like i don't know why tegan knox was in the best uh best female wrestler i don't know why uh casey cananzaro and kaden carter were on uh was on the best like breakout star when you have like people like shotzi blackheart cameron grimes and dexter loomis on there just laughable really but we're gonna go down the categories best event War games, I completely agree. I love war games. Best rivalry, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, which I I don't think that's what I voted for, but I did like it a lot because I I think I wanted Walter versus Isla Dragunov because or no it was uh Kaylee Ray versus Piper Niven because you know it was longer. And a lot of these feuds on uh, a lot of the feuds that were nominated, like were only like three weeks ago, two months ago. Like they're all fresh and new. And none of like Keith Lee's feuds were on there, which is like weird. Like Keith Lee is not featured on the uh, on uh, uh, on any of the categories, which is uh, I I thought that was really weird. But uh, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee gave us one of the like amazing matches of this year. Everybody kind of like just turned around and everybody's minds were blown and, you know, it blew all our expectations out the water. Breakout star. I don't know. I think I voted for Dexter and Loomis, but like, why didn't I think about it? Like, it's, it's obviously Shanti Blackheart. Like, they've given everything to her since she is like, uh, came up. She, since the top of the year where she eliminated Shayna from the Rumble, she basically ran Shayna out of the uh, NXT territory. Uh, she, she's she been a reliable babyface. Like, I, I talk shit about it, but, you know, whatever big feud is had with versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, like, Shotzi Blackheart's right there, you know? So, Shotzi Blackheart also hosting obviously uh halloween havoc she she's a very she's a very big focal point on the show um best female wrestler el shirai yeah 
Uh, I don't know how you can fight that. Best male wrestler, Adam Cole. I don't know how you can't uh, fight that. Like, it's undisputed. <laughs> and match of the year candidate, or match of the year, Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor at TakeOver 30. A close second is Isla Dragunov versus Walter. Like, those are just, like, the only two. And kind of mixed on this, uh, future star, uh, Austin Theory. Which, like, yeah, because, like, you know, he was, like, shoehorned into uh, shoehorned into Mania. And then he, like, disappeared for a really long time. And then, like, I don't know. I thought it was weird. Like, I think the person that definitely should have won this is Dexter Loomis. But I don't have the nominees here, so... If he wasn't nominated, then whatever. Well, shit, it should have been, like, Dexter Loomis, Grimes, uh, Kushida, like, literally anybody. But uh, it is what it is. Best overall? Io Shirai. It was Io Shirai versus Adam Cole, and I thought Io Shirai getting it was very interesting. You, you know, neither is a bad pick, but it was some really good stuff. And then we'll get into the NXT show. The Dusty Rose Classic is coming back, which everybody can finally get their tag team fix that they've been fiending for. Normally, I don't truly... Like, I'm, I'm not the biggest tag team wrestling fan, so... I guess I'll st start appreciating it a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more, but... Representing Undisputed Era will be Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. I think I think that's a good pairing. That that should be fun, uh, especially with Bobby Fish injured and Kyle O'Reilly kind of like doing his own singles thing. Uh, so that's really good. A lot of people were like upset that like NXT Tag Team Division isn't like you know. I saw somebody say it was worse than New Japan's. Fuck out of here. New Japan legitimately only has like one tag, like one legitimate tag team. I don't know how we're upset at two, you know two non-tag team or like two singles guys forming a tag team and then winning it like who like gives a shit like it gave us all great matches and they didn't win the titles after so it's whatever uh alistair black versus ricochet honestly they should have been called up already and you know they already reached the ceiling and then it gave it gave us a, a amazing match at takeover 20 uh i think it was take takeover 25 no or Shit, I forgot what the name of the pay-per-view was. It's the one that has uh, Roger Strong and Matt Riddle on it. If you're screaming on your phone, don't tell me. I already forgot. I'm not going to remember right now. And then, you know, we got Pete Dunne versus... Uh, I mean, Pete Dunne... Pete Dunne and Riddle. Pete Dunne, uh, the Bruiser Weights. And that gave us a great match. Uh, damn, who did they win it from? Was it Undisputed Era? Probably was. Amazing. It was great. So I don't know why people are complaining about that, but everybody's going to get their tag team fixed, and I am rooting for Grizzly Young Vets to get the win. If I'm I'm praying that they don't... Uh, I'm praying that they're on the other side of the Undisputed Era. That's what I'm uh, hoping for. But when the bracket comes out, maybe I'll change my mind? But I'm, I'm really hard set on uh, Grizzly Young Vets, and I'm curious to see if they bring anybody else from NXT UK. Like, uh... What is it? Pretty dangerous or pretty deadly? I don't know who they are, but I, I would like to see what they got. And that's the most talk about tag team wrestling you'd get out of me uh, this year. 
uh, Roger Strong versus Speed Dome was really good. I like that the Breakdown Brawlers did not uh, interfere. That was really cool. Kyler Riley and uh, Finn Balor had a really good segment, and I like that Cross finally came out, made his championship aspirations real. We knew it was coming, but I needed him to say it. Like, I, I just needed him to say it to know that they're going into that route. Uh, Priest comes out, <laughs> and they just start throwing big hits. They're brawling all over the arena. I may... Oh, man, I don't know. I, I would love for this match to have, like, a stipulation. Like, ju just the way that they were brawling, I was just like, man, they need, like, a, like a street fight or a no-holds-bar or, like, something. But I that's given to Rhea Ripley and Gonzalez, who they get a small video package and they just talk about their relationship on the coconut loop. The last women standing match should be really fun, should be really good. Elgato del Fantasma, I have a big issue with them, and it's not it's not really because of them, it's really because they're booking because on the show, Isaiah Swerve Scott can have a match with Bronson Reed, but but NXT can't find any like challengers for uh for Escobar. Like they can't have him, you know, go face these guys that are not in the cruiserweight division. So when Escobar comes out and he'd be like, Oh, we was running shit, we ran shit the whole year, blah blah blah, this and that. And I was just like, You ain't run shit like Undisputed Era did. Cause you guys have been just like pigeonholed into like this one thing. Even Drake even Drake Maverick got out and he's starting to do bigger things than uh Elgato Death Phantasma right now. And when when he was talking about like, you know, there's nobody here to face me. There's like, you know, we run this, like they have no challengers for me. I was really, really, really terrified and I thought Kushida was gonna come out and challenge him for the title. Or, you know, uh face him that night. I would have been so worried. But Lucha House Party comes back. Grand Manalik and uh, Lince Dorado. Whatever. I I couldn't I could care less, honestly. Uh, I I would care for Santos Escobar a lot. Oh, I would care about Santos Escobar a lot more if he was like facing non cruiser weights and they facing non cruiser weights and winning, like if you face like Bronson Reed and like beat him or like face Damian Priest and then beat him like a cruiserweight guy that can really hang with all like the big dudes like he'll be like Gar gargano level or like balor level like that would make him a legitimate like a real real threat you know like i was like not a thought that they crossed their minds also 205 live has like a fuck ton of people on it i'm not buying the no competitors thing they have like a fuck ton of people on there uh it, it's whatever to me and then we'll be getting into our new year's evil predictions but uh gargano breaks the curse he finally puts leon ruff down in one-on-one -on -one competition i thought the match was really great i am wondering if gargano put leon ruff in the dirt because i have no idea where leon ruff is going to go forward after this and with that said we're going to get into our new year's evil prediction uh I wish I had a guess so we can like really back and forth this whole thing like I normally do for prediction shows, but I'm going to end up kind of just like blitzing through this. Escobar versus Grand Manalik. 
Let's give it to Escobar. I honestly don't care who wins, but let's give it to Escobar. Damian Priest versus Karrion Cross. Cross. Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa in the fight pit. Give it to Thatcher. And I would like to say TKO. I think that would be uh that would be fire. Because he I believe he won via submission against Riddle. So I think a TK like a, a TKO would be very interesting. Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez in the last woman standing match. And I would say Raquel Gonzalez, because there is no way they gave her the pin at war games for no reason. And if they did what the fuck NXT and then we'll talk about that when the show comes Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly I would love to see it on Kyle O'Reilly just well deserved man he he is a killer he is great he just truly deserves it I don't we don't know when the next NXT pay-per-view is gonna be so he can get the long title reign that everybody like wants but i think just him being in that like hall of champions is good enough in itself and if you want to be old school booking cornet style kyle o'reilly is literally one of the biggest baby faces on the show so him versus carrying cross who was you know i wouldn't say he's like top heel he's probably like third heel on the show uh that would that would that would be a mountain to face or you know just classic heel versus babyface booking, so it makes sense. But I would love to see Kyle O'Reilly take it, and then Finn Balor can possibly go up to the main, go back to the main roster, or, you know, do something else. Uh, and that's it for New Year's Evil. That is it for this show. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, have a happy 2020, uh, have a happy 2021. I listened to the A show prior to this, and I would say my wrestling revolution. Uh, my wrestling resolution for next year. I did the watch more women's wrestling last year. I didn't have a resolution for this year. So I would say I want to check out more that's going on in Japan. Since I am blocked from the stardom Twitter account, I want to look more into Sendai girls and ice ribbon. So that'll be my journey, uh, for 2021. Uh, as far as a end of the year list, I guess when I, I'm going to do a graphic and it'll come out with this episode, uh, come out, um, with this episode. So obviously I won't have the chance to talk about it on here, but that's it. Enjoy your new years. I'm praying that you stay inside. Just do all your, just do all your bullshit at the crib. You don't have to risk dying to have fun. That is it for me. You can check out all the shows on the A Show RNC uh, feed. You can follow us on Twitter at at the A Show RNC. You can follow me on Twitter at H underscore Visibility. I talked about Power Rangers this week. You can finally check that out. You can see me live tweet about Power Rangers. I know everybody's enjoying that. That's really fun. Uh, there's going to be a part two of the Power Rangers conversation. I don't know if y'all caught that in the Roman Talk title, but that's going to be a thing. We have a new episode of the Rewriters Room. 
We have the A Show where they also say a lot of great things about Brody Lee, aka um, Luke Harper. Uh, yeah, man, that's it. 